TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. I'm not judging that, but I think the fact of the matter was, you know, doing what was done to win that title and then try to run it back in 19. The organization at that point was in a position where clearly, just in terms of present outlook, just in terms of how good the Red Sox could expect to be in 2020 as they were constituted, was clearly not the class of the division and had very clearly, um, you know, we're, we're at the bottom of the heap in terms of the quality of the farm system. And there were a ton of commitments on the books. Uh, that, you know, we're fortunate, we're blessed with great resources here, but obviously you still need to be able to have freedom with those resources, and a lot of those resources were tied up. Uh, so it wasn't a very good either short-term or long-term position, you know, that was going to lead to some ch- tough choices. I didn't know walking in the door uh, that, you know, trading Mookie would be the right decision, but I, I did feel that if we got enough that aligned with what we would need to do to put this organization on more solid footing, that it was something we were going to have to consider. Red Sox Review, KJ here on WEEI. Boy, that was Heim Bloom taking us through a bit of a journey, explaining why the moves have been made since 18 versus where we are now, of course, at the price contract and the Mookie contract. And, of course, <laughs> Mookie's doing pretty well. Dave's not doing bad himself. But look, the fans want the fried chicken. It's good. It's crispy. It's got a nice bite to it. Some may even nibble at the bone. But when you start talking about, like, well, we needed to bring some baked chicken in because we want to do some stuff about our diet, the fans don't want to hear that. It's the Red Sox. The idea is, one, compete with the Yankees. Two, try and win a World Series. It's a bit of an addictive, a bit, bit of an addiction once you win a World Series, two, three, or four of them. In a 15-year span, you, you want to win more. And if you're in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap, it's one thing to say, okay, you're way over a salary cap and you're going to have to come down or you can't afford. The words can't afford and Red Sox should not be in the same sentence. Don't get me excited about 4A batteries when you can barely find AAA batteries anywhere. Okay, I'm talking about Heim has to admit that some of us, like the love of Bobby Dahlback, it's like, oh my goodness, I think they're really going to come out with the 4A battery because they're just constantly putting it in the machine. Hasn't worked. Now we're watching Tristan Cassis, and we're like, mm, some people were saying he really couldn't get it done consistently at the, the, the AAA level. You know, I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to have a guy coming up, and you're like, this is this guy is the, bee, the bee's knees. Cassis probably should have been hitting 305 in, in minor league ball, right? Because there's always going to be a, 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 a drop off when you come to the majors, right? If you're coming up, if you're coming up hitting 270, there's a chance you might only hit 230. And if you're hitting 230, you might hit 220. Right now we're seeing like 95. Like we're really, we're we're like below interstate numbers now. And so Heim has to kind of think, look. Yeah, you you think there were good deals and bad deals on the books, but the one revealing deal happened last year, and they surprised you, and you didn't spend any money to help them. It's like my goodness, I I I really hate to be in Gilligan's Island with some people. You know, if you just throw us this one lifeline, we can end this TV show now. And it didn't happen, and it's carried over into this year. 
And that's why so many people are lathered up, and I get it. Now, like I've said here on WEEI, when Heim has a victory, I, I won't say, yeah, whatever. I'll say there's a victory. That's just Kevin Prolecki. Like, look, you got to let a guy go with the bases are getting bigger and the arm is getting shorter on the throws to second. I don't care if he plays great music in the in, 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 the, in the dugout. You got to make moves. So here in a couple of minutes, we'll hear from Alex Core. But uh, here's Connor Seabold, who took the loss tonight. Here's his post game here on WEI. Yeah, I mean, I thought I made a lot of good pitches. Um, got a lot of soft contact tonight. And, you know, I think it's six singles. All I don't think any of them were hit over 85. Just put them in the right spot. I mean, there's not a whole lot I can do about that. It's just, just tough luck. How, how encouraging was that first inning, especially when you're like, you know, looked like velocity was certainly up relative to where it had been last time in the big leagues and then the, the way that the changeup played right out of the gates? It was good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I... I I don't know what the velos were, but I mean, it felt like I was coming out good. And then, you know, I spotted some changeups pretty good. And, you know, uh, other than the one that, you know, got in the back, but I mean, I can, I can live with that. Um, but no, overall, I thought the stuff was good. I mean, even into the later innings, I thought, you know, outside, like I, I spiked a few changeups and, you know, create some wild pitches that can't happen. But overall, like I thought the stuff was good. I thought the locations were good. Just, you know, got beat a couple times how how important is this opportunity for you again like you know you you've obviously they've given you you know you had that look earlier in the year how eager are you to show that like you know okay that was you know i'm after getting my feet wet like i'm ready to build on that yeah no i mean absolutely i think i i went down uh to triple a again with like a bunch of stuff to work on and i thought i did a really good job of you know coming back and showing what i've worked on and obviously results didn't come back great but you know, again, I, I think, you know, on a different day, I think some of those, you know, fine guys. And tonight they didn't, and there's not much I can do about that. <sighs> Has a little hint of Jared Duran charm school a little bit in there in, that, in, that, in those comments? Would you say, Joe, a little, little cockiness there? A little, a little bit of kind of chest out despite losing? A little bit? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's trying to like instill confidence in himself, but I wouldn't be happy with any kind of loss. Yeah, that's a little bit of Jaron Duranish. But uh, so look, you, you threw 85 pitches. I'm sure they had some markers on you. You hit an 80. Like if you're out an exact 85 pitches, then that's what they said. You're going to get 85 pitches. So if anything, yeah, you know some of those 85 pitches went to the backstop. <laughs> a few of them, right? <laughs> not good. So. Yeah, everybody's trying to see who is what coming back next year. And I think it really comes down to, look, um, if you belong at the major league level, like as of last year, you have a better chance of being on the team next year if your name is not Brian Bayo, right? Like Brian Bayo is definitely going to be on the squad next year because now you're like, hey, the excitement is, hey, let's see if he can really shut down the Yankees on Sunday night just to be able to give a good marker on the way out for this team. Then you'll know that he'll have all of spring training. Wherever he plays winter ball, you see what he's looking like throwing and getting some of the stretching on his arm. Maybe you, you call up a Tom House and say, you know, how do we get 7 8% more out of this guy's arm where he can easily give us 7, 7 and 2 thirds almost on every outing? Or even if he's losing one nothing after, you know, after seven innings. Tough luck. You know, so that's, um you know, there are other guys who still have to figure those things out. And... I think it's really just a matter of some guys are going to be like dedicated bullpen guys that might be seeing starts while others are going to be back at AAA and they're going to have to just be absolute studs down there to come back up. Yeah, kind of uh, similar how Cutter Crawford started the season. Remember, he was in the bullpen, got sent down, and then okay, he became a starter. Let's go to Sean in Worcester. Thanks for calling WEEI's Late Night and uh, Red Sox Review. Sean, you're on the air. Hey, Sean? what's up, KJ? I Sean, just go wanted ahead. To take, uh, I wanted to take you off speaker. Um, I think one thing they should do is re-sign Vasquez. I don't Vasquez think he comes. I don't think he comes back. I think. I think Houston Vasquez finds a way. McGuire. Yeah, they're going to keep Kevin McGuire. I don't have a problem with Kevin McGuire staying. You're going to have to give Connor Wong the look because he does. He looks like he can no. play the part. Uh, you know, if, no, I mean, because I, the thing is, why would you bring Vasquez back? If you didn't get it, you, you, the price would be the price would be higher. Like nah, that's the he, thing. That's he, the thing. It's like a fired a employee. Better, 
He's a much better catcher than Juan. Juan I, needs a I, little I totally, bit more I totally time. get that. I totally get that. But, but just from a business perspective, if you let go of an employee and you say, "Hey, we want you back," yesterday's price is not today's price. So now you're yeah. going to pay. You're going to overpay for Vasquez when you already had them. So you you probably yeah, feel like, but, look, we you, if you're going to make a youth movement, you might as well do mm-hmm. it behind the plate. And if this no, person can no. catch and throw. I, I, I look. I, I look. I'm trying to take the emotion out. Like this is the whole thing about the yeah, Kevin Pilecki situation, right? Like the dude cannot throw guys out. He couldn't. Yeah. Okay. was horrible. But he was loved, right? And some people and people were upset because a loved guy. You're like, hey, you know, that's his job. It's hey, look, trust me. I've been good at a job and been fired from it. Okay, so that's not even the case, Sean. Thanks so much. Thanks for the call, Sean. Yeah. Look, no. Vasquez is going to cost considerably more, and then if you were worried about you know overpaying him to stay, well now you'd have to overpay overpay just for him to come back. It's it's not like you're asking for Schwarber to come back here, right? Like where you could clear see clearly see that there's something missing that you immediately needed, like home runs. All right, uh, here's Alex Corey. He's ready at post game. Go ahead. It was good, man. Uh, good fastball, good off-speed pitches. The slider was better when I remember early in the season. Just bad luck. You know, a lot of, I think it was 85 mile per hour of the bad, you know, the grumble that went through the bloop single by India and then the, the other bloop single. So can't, you cannot control that. You can control attacking the zone. I hit a good job with it. Bad, there was obviously bad contact. Like the first inning, you know, like was like, oh, you know. Uh, why do you think the swing and miss diminished over the last few innings? Um, people make adjustments, and uh, I think in the beginning, you, you see the fastball, and you're like, oh, you know, we has a hop. And then after that, you try to stay on top of it, but there was, it was in loud contact, so we don't mind that. There was a lot of pop-ups, and then slider play a little bit more. So uh, I think overall it was a good one. Yeah, how encouraging is it when you have a guy go down and then come back up and show progress? It's good. It's, it's always good, and uh, I think uh, routine structure is a lot easier to be here the whole time, go to the meetings, you know, see the team and all that, and slow it down. And his next one is... Uh, Monday against um, Baltimore, so he'll be ready for that one. You figure that he'll get a couple more then? He gets the one Monday, yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, obviously getting Herman, uh, Herman back out there, um, how, how much did you enjoy giving him another shot? Uh, he's good, and we're going to do that. Um, obviously, Solano, he's a good hitter. He's been doing damage for, for the last two or three years, you know, and he put a good swing on it, but he was around the strike zone, which is very important. And, uh, you know, you see the stuff. We still got to work on a few things. But uh, that's part of being a big leaguer, right? And uh, I'm glad that he was able to go out there and, and perform. Mazzardo threw the ball well. Uh, Danish threw the ball well. You know, overall, one of those nights that we were unlucky, you know, not, not luck in the, in the sense that they scored their runs with the bloop singles. But at the end, you know, that's the way the game goes. Offensively, you guys have been, you talked about the walks and, you know, strikes. I mean, was this, what, what did you see from my approach? Uh, I think we did a good job. We lay off some 2-0 pitches in certain counts, and we hit the ball hard in certain situations. You know, uh, um, besides that, the, the bullpen is, you know, it's like every bullpen in the big leagues, right? Uh, they have the lead, and they get good stuff. You know, you saw it. You know, Diaz at the end, he's really good. The lefty has good good, good stuff. Law has improved a lot since the last time I saw him. So uh, it's one of those nights that, you know, we, we try to put good at-bats, and we, didn't, we weren't able to get knocks. Siebold, first time back in a big league mound in 75 days since he left that game. You mentioned him having to do some things that you guys would like to see. How do you think he executed some of those things? I do believe he did a good job. Uh, the pitch mix, uh, we still have to work on it, right? Uh, we cannot be so fastball heavy, especially in the division that we play on. But uh, it's a good first step. And uh, the fastball play early on, the slider was better than expected. Then the one I saw early in the season, the changeup is still, you know, one that we want to see a little bit more often. But uh, overall, a solid one. A lot of, you know, weak contact that found it uh, green, and, you know, that's why they scored the runs. This has been a bit of a, like, unusual stretch, right? You guys have been talking for a few days about, you know, kind of focusing on the future. Getting into Yankee Stadium, are you kind of looking forward to having maybe the edges sharpen a little bit? Uh, we're ready for it. You know, we got them, we got the Orioles, we got... Uh, Toronto and we got Tampa so we're back to the east you know and they have done uh, damage against us right so we got a chance to you know play good baseball and see where it takes us you know our goal is to win every series that's that's our goal you know we got Michael tomorrow we got a rest of bullpen and we'll see how it goes all right that's Alex Cora
showing a little bit of hope. And, and, and listening to Alex Cora there, I'm kind of a, like an old-school baseball nut. Some it's not so old-school, others it would be old-school too. Like if you guys got like Siebold and Kelly and Danish and Herman and maybe even what really becomes of, say, uh, of, um, I can't think right now. But in terms of some of these guys that are just kind of rotating and trying to see how many innings you can get out of them, that perhaps you're developing. Because when, when when Alex was talking about, you know, with Seabold's fastball, how it was working, but you can't be so fastball heavy, I said, well, wait a minute. What if you're starting to develop these young guys into maybe a modern-day nasty boys? This is the Reds since we played them. Reds, late 80s, early 90s, Norm Charlton, John Franco, Rob Dibble. All these guys kind of came up in their system, and it was like, hey, wait a minute. These guys, if you put them in for two or three innings, they can be very dominant. One inning, two innings, three innings, and you can mix and match them because the problem has been guys who show up in the middle innings. So if 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 this is what the ultimate plan is, then I can get with this plan. You know, even Cutter Crawford, that's who I'm thinking of, right? Like, not ready for starters prime time just yet. Maybe Bayo is the one that you say, this is the one we're grooming to be a starter. Probably start in as a number two. You would maybe bring him in as the number two, possibly a three, whoever you get in free agent. We'll get into that. But if, if you know that you've got a healthy sale, a good quality free agent pitcher comes in, Bayo in that mix, then if you start looking at, you know, uh, Michael Waka, you keep him because he's performed well. So now you're like, okay, you've got four quality starters, and maybe you start to have these guys like Siebold and Cutter Crawford and Danish and Kelly, guys who are like, you know what? These guys could be nasty because as soon as they hit the mound, they're hitting it with their best stuff. Once they get to the second time around is when the stuff starts to wear off. But, you know, that's a couple innings right there. All right, uh, we'll talk more Red Sox. We'll get t- more of your calls, 617-779-7937. Don't go anywhere, Chris. I, Christy, I got you here coming next. But right now, it's time to trend with Joe. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Red Sox exit Cincinnati with a split after losing tonight's game 5-1. to one. Red Sox only muster six hits, and Connor Siebold, who says he didn't do anything wrong, is now 0-3 with a 10.47 ERA in his four starts with the Red Sox this season. He went five innings, giving up six hits and four earned runs. He walked one and struck out four. The Sox will now head to the Bronx for their last series of 2022 with the New York Yankees. The first of a four-game set will start tomorrow. Joe and Will have the call on for first pitch at 7.15 on the Shaws and Star Market. WEEI Red Sox Network, Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Michael Walker is slated to get the start for the Sox opposite Jamison Tyone for New York. And make sure to join Mutt for the Visit Massachusetts pregame show that will be at 6.15, sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts adventure at visitma.com. Some Patriots news. The Pats have traded offensive tackle Justin Huron in a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Las Vegas Raiders for a 2024 sixth-round pick. And also the Tennessee Titans have signed veteran cornerback Terrence Mitchell off of the Patriots practice squad. As the Pats begin practice in preparation for their home opener this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, safety Kyle Duggar and wide receiver Jacoby Myers did not practice today. Both are dealing with separate knee issues. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, though, the tests for Jacoby Myers' knee show no significant damage. Six other players were limited in practice today. This includes Joshua Bledsoe, Cody Davis, Devon Gottschow, Raquan McMillan, Demarcus Mitchell, and Adrian Phillips. And lastly, Robert Sarver has announced he's beginning the process of selling the NBA's Phoenix Suns and the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury. This comes a week after Sarver was fined $10 million and suspended for a year for workplace misconduct following an NBA investigation. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Red Sox Review, KJ here on WEEI. And yes, the Red Sox are heading towards a seemingly new yet old frontier. It feels like 2020 all over again. Red Sox lose again to the Reds. Uh, who cares about the score? They're in last. And you, you have to start thinking about the future. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for calling Red Sox Review, 617-779-7937. Thanks so much for hanging on the line. Go ahead. KJ, thanks for taking the call. Interesting listening to you as usual. I, I guess my question, and it, this is more, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Because obviously you can't, they don't open the books. But I mean, how much dead money at this point are they carrying from all these guys from the Dombrowski age that at this point, it, it had to, it, it's got to be the reason that this kid is handcuffed and can't make deals with some of these, you know, decent talent. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. And on that note, thanks for taking the call, and I'll, I'll take the answer off air. Thank you. You got it, Chris. Yeah, so there is a little bit of method to what Chris's madness is thinking about. The Dombrowski era guys, Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr., David Price, they take up $33 million out of a 45 total dead cap, if you will. So, like Diekman, he's still going to be getting some money from the Sox that he's moved on. Pilecki will be a free agent, but now you're getting the guys who are like a couple of million. But JBJ is 17 and a half and David Price is 16, but they're both free agents in 2023. So they get free from owing them any more money. So yeah, in terms of what he can do right now, absolutely. And again, like I said, if, if the method to the madness, and let's just say if uh, JD Martinez comes off the books, then now money is going to, it's going to start to open like the, the, the Red Sea for those who believe. But at the same time, I wouldn't want him to suddenly go out of his skin and suddenly, you know, go Belichick in with the check like Belichick did last year. Like, don't buy a bunch of bad dudes. You know, so I, I think Haim has got to kind of work from a menu of kind of like a, you know, when you go to these restaurants and, you know, you have like the steak and the lobster, you could choose two or one and three sides. I, I like to do the choose two, pay the little bit extra. I like the surfer turf. But if if Heim needs to make changes, he's got to pick two. All right, one is re-sign Devers. If you don't get a deal done, he's gone at the end of next year, and nothing will come back in return unless you're getting an all-star caliber player. But again, you're talking about letting a generational player go for an all-star, and really maybe you make a call to San Diego. They're overloaded on payroll. Maybe you look at Manny Machado if you can't match. Because I think Raphael Devers is going to be closer to 35, 36 per. And that's where I think that number has gone from 300 million to probably like 350, 360, 10 year deal. If the Red Sox even want to play with that, they'll probably want to stick two more years on it just so they could feel like they could breathe. But I don't think that's going to happen. So you say, okay, if the Sox say their max number for that spot, and if Rafi won't take the 30, well, Manny's already getting the 30. And he's already, I think it would be like his third year into his deal. Or you look at someone like Alex Bregman in Houston, <laughs> if Rafi goes to Houston, right? That that would be scary. So that's one choice on the menu. I highly recommend that. If I'm a waiter, I highly recommend that choice, sir. It's, it's the best thing on the menu. Don't be stupid. <laughs> the other, re-sign uh, uh, Xander Bogarts. Now, story is an option to move to short. But again, 
you see Xander's game changing in front of us. The home runs aren't there, but they haven't been there for anybody. And you would ask, is that what you're really demanding from him? Or are you looking to kind of play, especially now when there's going to be more speed uh, as a premium on the base pass because of the new rules next year? Does Xander now actually become more efficient as a as a gap hitter instead of trying to put it out of the park? I, I, it's something you'd have to consider. You know, I, a lot of what Carlos Correa in Minnesota will do with the weird deal that he has, it's like a three-year deal, but I can leave tomorrow. Well, because Minnesota's in kind of a flux, he may leave tomorrow, but his value may be not may not be as expanded as he thought it was, especially if he got Minnesota to playoffs on his back. So Xander may find that the market isn't as desirous his, as his number, and there may be a desire to stay. Um, here's another thing you pick from the menu. Sign an all-star caliber frontline starter if J.D. Martinez's money comes off the books, which is like $22 million. Maybe you look at Sean Manea for about 12 to 15. Now, I'm not saying you just do one, but maybe you do one or two, or maybe you take a chance with another. Maybe uh, Thor, Syndergaard, if he isn't overpriced, I think he's probably overpricing himself. Uh, I would do no more than 18 at two years just to see because the, the Angels overpay everybody, and his number's a bit screwy. Or what about Kobe, uh, Corey Kluber down in Tampa, who's performed well? Um you can always jack up the resign price for the Rays and make it tougher to resign them. But if you could get them for about ten or twelve million, say to combine that with Sean Manea, then you're like maybe you spend twenty two million, and now you've got two more frontline starters. That if Sale goes down again, or if he decides to ride a motorized bike, I don't know. You now have something in place, and with these young guns developing, who are seeing okay, which ones can go five? That means if they can kind of go five, they can do a strong three. If they can give us a strong three. Then if we've got a relief, that we've got a starter that's banged up after four innings, we could bring these guys in to give us three innings. Then you turn these guys into stretch starters. Or the other choice, this is kind of like the you know the bread pudding on there, but you know, uh, sign a big bat at outfielder or corner infielder. Josh Bell, he's not a big bat, but he's a lost in the sauce. But at this point, if Hosmer's back is still an issue and Cassis is not hitting or is hitting the way we're seeing right now. You may have to readdress first base. If you do it with Josh Bell, you know you'll get average. You'll get some key RBIs, but you're not going to get a masher at first. And corner outfielder, Aaron Judge? <laughs> if he was only at 40 home runs, he would still be in play. I think the Yankees will will find themselves in an old... I, I think the Giants are going to throw so much money and Aaron Judge to come back to California. I think they're going to do it just to jack up the price. It would be the smart thing to do. Uh, Aaron Judge is looking like a genius not taking the Yankees, I think, $271 million offer earlier. And now, how can you have a guy break? Well, then again, you know, Maris broke their record and they traded him to St. Louis. So, again, I, I cannot see how Aaron Judge is going to be in play if the guy potentially wins the Triple Crown. He's just, like, literally like a thousandth of a point. So him and Xander are technically tied, but Xander's number is 3166 and Aaron Judge is 3156. So it's going to it might come down to a race where you have to move it out to the the 10,000th marker to find out who wins the batting title, like who's got that bigger fourth number. So you're like, okay, what about guys that got a, a year free agency left going into the next year, you maybe make a deal outfielders? Nobody like Kike Hernandez and Tommy Pham are kind of like the best of that group. So salute to Heim that he has these guys on the roster already thinking two years ahead. Again, like I said, if there's something I see Heim does right, I will clap a hand now. Infielders are bare as well. You might be tempted with Miguel Sanyo in Minnesota, but he's super hit and miss. So it really comes back to signing Devers, sir. That is the, that is the best thing on the menu right here to eat. So, as the caller mentioned, oh, let, let me go to let me go to Ken, man. Ken is Ken still here? Thanks for hanging on, uh, for being part of Red Sox Review here on WEEI. Ken, go ahead. Yeah, a um, couple things. One, you're not signing Bogarts. You don't draft three shortstops in two years and sign Story to a long term deal that you're going to sign Bogarts. That's not happening. And well, number, if number two, if, if the number's lower, you don't list. You don't. You don't put it. So you're saying don't put a number in front of him at all. Oh, I think they will, but Bogarts is – the chances are he's going to go to Philadelphia. Dombrowski liked him, 
and that's where he's going. They've already talked about that. And number two, you're in a situation, the Red Sox are right now, where it's going to be at least two to three more years before they're competitive. That's what Bloom has done. Look what's down in the minor leagues coming up. You know, everything is, oh, organization depth, organization depth. Yeah, well, Caleb Bork and a few of the rest of them, Right, you're talking uh, about the relievers, right? So so would you not say that if some of the starting pitching can get corrected, if you go after some front-line guys like Sean Manayer or Club or Corey Kluber, guys who can eat up innings, that means you don't have to see as many of these suspect guys in the sixth inning. You can now determine who are the best people in your bullpen. Again, it could be Cutter Crawford for two innings next year. You know, it, it, could, be, it could be Zach Kelly. So... Again, you just the problem with the Sox this year, and it was last year, was last year they you just hope guys could get to six. This year it's like you hope guys can get to five innings. So five. if you can get guys oh, if you can get guys who can all consistently get to six and still keep games competitive, sometimes things are gonna get away from you, then you don't have to worry about mixing mix and matching these other guys and putting Strom in here and hoping that he can close or bringing Barnes in the sixth inning. You can get away from that because these young guys have shown that when they start games, and that's when you're going to be the most nervous, is starting off of game. If these guys can get around that first time of the of the order, then you, you're at least buying yourself at least an inning and a half, maybe two innings. So I, I would I would say that is an okay route to go. I just wouldn't want these guys to suddenly be your starting five next year. So two to three years, is that painful? Well, yeah. Um, it hurts. Is it, it hurts, right? But it, but it hurts more because nothing was addressed last year when the team was outperforming. So a lot of people are still carrying the residue from what happened last year at the trade deadline where, hey, look, we're kind of taking on water here in the boat, but we're doing something special. Can you get a fifth starter in here? And nothing happened. But, and I think that well, you got to get rid. You got to get rid of Rock. Well, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think everybody's on the table, and I think that's what probably would be good to, because you're seeing things happen. Like the Dawbach experiment is over, and and it felt like that was going to go yeah. go on forever, right? You're seeing guys getting DFA'd much quicker. Than, than when people were hoping for. So you see movements in terms of, okay, what dead weights are going off of the ship versus continuing to keep them on, which we were seeing over the last year or so. Ken, thanks for the call. Well, you better get, ri- you, you better get rid of Rich over the hill because he's a junk ball pitcher, a left-handed junk ball pitcher in Fenway Park. That doesn't cut it. Yeah, Ken, well, thanks for the call. It's, it's just been a junk ball season. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Nobody needs you. I pull Rick Petito. Hey, no starters coming through that door right now. <laughs> Larry Lucchino's not coming through that door. Sorry. That was horrible. Mixing metaphors there. But look, I try to be a realist. I, I totally understand the frustration. But again, like I said, when I started the show, I'm not going to be this super angry coming off as like the over-aggressive parent at a Little League game about Bloom. We've done it, right? It, 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 didn't, it didn't spark the results one had hoped. It didn't. But, again, like you do see some things happening. Sarah Moore is gone. You thought Sarah Moore. It felt like Sarah Moore had tenure. <laughs> He's teaching this class again. Oh, God. Paul Ecke, I'm sorry. Plays great songs in the dugout. Yeah, but the guy throws out nine percent of the people that take off on him, and the bases get bigger next year. And there's a and there's a pitch clock. <laughs> can we? Can I leave one ball next to me when they pitch it? You know, just when they take off, gone. So again, sometimes you may not be happy with what management isn't doing, but sometimes you have to say at least they are doing this that shows that they're awake. They're awake. Could you? How would you feel right now if Hansel Robles was still getting in the rotation? Right? How would you feel? <laughs> no. Guys are getting DFA that you clearly see are not going to make it in High Bloom Idol. I mean, this is just. There's no Seacrest to reach you at the door. This is, I, 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 I take my hat off to that point. I'm sorry. I know that may go against the angry narrative. I get the angry narrative. I probably was one of the four leaders of it, making 
Hein Bloom sitting on his hands, the Bon Jovi song. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. It's KJ, late night, Red Sox review. Let's go to Jim and Upton. Thanks so much for calling Red Sox review. You're on WEEI. What do you say there, Cap? How you doing? You, man. Good hearing you. Listen, I want to talk about the Red Sox catching, okay? Yeah. You know, Pilecki, Pilecki, so what? I watch this guy catch. He can't catch. Anybody, any catcher that sticks his right leg out to catch a ball outside is going to, going to result in more wild pitches. Yeah. You watch a, watch a kid from Baltimore catch. He's, he's like an Elston Howard behind the plate. And watch Elston Howard catch. These guys catch. Unless you get an arm like Tony Perez. You know, the, right. the guy, Tony Perez, whatever his name was, you can throw it from your knees like that and nail people. Benito Santiago, yes. Mm-hmm. Tony Perez did That's it, as it. Well, yep. well, no, 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 Tony Perez. Tony, Tony Perez. Perez. Yep, Remember, yep. He, coached, he actually coached for the Red Sox at one time. Right. But, you know, you, you've you got to change that. Tony Carl Pena. Fist, Tony won, Pena. Tony Pena, that's Tony it. Pena. That's the man, that's Tony it. Pena. Yeah, I like, Tony a, Perez is my, another guy, yeah. My, my son's high school coach was Tony Perez. Sorry. Anyway, he could throw from the knees too. He's from Puerto Rico. Anyways, the um, the key is is that you know the Red Sox had a great team with Carlton Fisk. Okay, they had a great team with with Jason Veritek. They don't have that now. Okay, Vasquez is okay. You know why did they trade him? That that's another situation here. But the key is is that they need a catcher that can play defense. Okay, well, and lead the well, team. Well, well that's Jim, what they in, need. In, well, Jim, in fairness, the Red Sox are kind of around the average, like. If you take Paul Leckie's numbers out of twenty-eight percent, right? Yeah, well, no, well, right. Nine, nine, right. So you take his numbers out of there; they're Agreed. above, right? So Agreed. he's out of there. Per- but here's the other thing, Jim. Every team in Major League Baseball, you're going to find out how good their catchers really are with the bigger bases, the uh, the uh, the, uh, the uh, clock, yep. the more important clock, now, more and, important now. And you can't speed, have those. You can't well, have that extra second reach across the plate. To catch that outside basketball, you well, gotta you gotta be there. The you stolen the stolen base is coming back to baseball. Stolen base is coming back yeah. to baseball. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, the stolen base is coming back to baseball, and I'm for one who's like, yes. And this is where I take my hat off to Major League Baseball. There was a time where the game was so exciting that they had a split down the middle of the screen. Now, granted, a lot of it had to do with turf. You'd be like, oh my gosh, they've actually got a foot. They've got two feet on the artificial turf. Dude is going. But it made everybody in this. It's the reason why the Negro Leagues was able to influence Major League Baseball was the stolen base because Ricky Henderson, think about this. Ricky Henderson, I think, stole 60 bases when he was 40. Like, there's nobody stealing 40 bases who's even 20. So if you can bring the stolen base back, that means there's always going to be action. People in stands are going to say, he's running, he's going. I mean, that used to be the exciting thing. Going! That needs to come back to Major League Baseball. He's going, and if and and he's going through these different catchers. Well, as the stolen base started to disappear, it really just became about a guy who could sit behind the plate and you know kind of manage pitchers. And now you're gonna have to be like, you know what? You have to manage that guy at first. Uh, Joe, you may not know this. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Joe Braverman, producer tonight for Red Sox uh, review as well as uh, late night, which we'll get into here shortly. In about ten minutes, man, I got a parlay. For some NFL games for tomorrow night and for this weekend, $1,000 winners. If they hit. That's the other part, if they hit. But, Joe, look, you know, you talk about these fathers. You know, you've heard the story of the different fathers of analytics, like Earl Weaver of the Orioles, and you probably know Billy Bean best, right? Of course. Okay, so I can't remember the guy's name, but the original guy was a catcher in the major leagues uh, around the turn of the century in the teens or 20s, somewhere in there. And uh, in one game, they stole nine bases on him, and he left the game. <laughs> he, he he quit baseball. Like, <laughs> you're over. But yet, this guy became the father of analytics. And I was just like, wait a minute. If this guy had nine people stole, steal bases on him in a game, there are no analytics. You can't, <laughs> you can't see what's in front of you. You're not analyzing the guy taking off from first to second, second to third, first to second, second to third, all the time. Like, no, people in scoring position and nobody's hitting the ball. So this, these things are kind of coming home to roost. You know, Billy Bean is another one. I think the dude had 350 career plate appearances. And I know I've seen like 40 of them. He was a pinch hitter for the Mets for some years. But this guy's the father of it? <sighs> Look where the A's are now. The, like from what I understand, they 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 need more pest control at the A's stadium 
<laughs> and they need fans too. Then they need analytics. Stolen base needs to come back. And if you're a pitcher who just just sat back there, was chill, and you know played tunes in the dugout, I mean that's cool. But if you can't throw anybody out with bigger bases, I mean my gosh, these guys are gonna be sliding into pillows. <laughs> Wait until they bring it back. Where hey, that forward motion on the on the on the stolen base, they'll allow you to call time as soon as you hit the base. They're going to be listening out for you screaming time. They're not even going to wait for you like, to move up. It's time, and you're still sliding across the base. Yeah, and don't forget, also in the new rules, I think you only get like two pickoffs per at-bat. So it's like you throw over once, you throw over twice, then you're done. Like, well, the thing is going to be that clock. It's going to be no different than a very loud stadium in football, and you see that play clock dropping down to one. And you suddenly just bring the blitz as soon as you see that number hit zero. The worst thing the other team can do is say hike. In baseball, you better throw that ball if you especially can't throw it over. So, you know, to just to kind of sum up Red Sox review. Um, one, Polecki had to go. If you want this future of this team to not have a bunch of people stealing bases on you, out there looking like Lou Brock and Ricky Henderson every day, Aaron Judge stole four bases today and hit two home runs. You don't want that. Two, can the Red Sox find a way to pitch around Aaron Judge the whole weekend? Nobody wants to see any damn commemorative commercials of Aaron Judge passing Mantis. uh, I mean, uh, 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 not I'm saying Mantle, but uh, I'm combining Mantle and, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, because he gets lost in the lost in the sauce. Mantle had the record first, and then it's um, gosh, I'm throwing a blank. Either who cares? It's Yankee history. Maris, Maris Roger Maris. Maris. Maris, that's it. Maris. <sighs> See how the Yankees did him? Didn't finish in New York. Dude was lingering out in St. Louis. But yeah, they're gonna all these ESPN's gonna be breaking into their coverage. And the last thing we do is see a Red Sox player serving up a baseball for a Yankee to break their own record and people start debating and just show it over and over again. Like this would be their revenge of seeing Johnny Damon hitting that grand slam. <laughs> oh, four. <laughs> Don't play that. That replaces that. So yeah. How do you, how do you pitch around judge? How do you, how do you pitch around? Why? It's only four days. Let someone else give them the record. I don't care if they boo. Who cares? It's your pride. It's the team pride. You don't want to. Oh, gosh, no. Three. If there's a design for some of these young guys who are getting starts like Seabold did tonight, and you're looking at Cutter Crawford when he comes back, maybe these guys will tend to be maybe these long guys inside the bullpen because the bullpen's the bigger problem. And with some of the money that will free up when Jackie Bradley Jr. becomes a free agent, that dead money comes off. And so does David Price. He becomes a free agent in 2023. His dead money comes off. Now you may be able to go get a couple of more veteran pitchers that can give you six innings. And then if you've got three innings to figure it out with one of these guys, even if it's, hey, this guy can give me one great inning. And then if he, if he could give me another third, that's great. I could bring in this other guy. He could give me two thirds. And then maybe you're looking at a closer on the market. It shut down in the ninth. You, I, I could buy. I can buy that going in because there are bats on this team. <laughs> That's the thing. They didn't show up tonight, and they haven't shown up different times. But there are bats on this team. If they can get that middle lead in the inning stuff fixed out, fixed, then yeah, I can kind of buy into what Heim might be doing. I kind of could, if that's what's happening. All right, next. Uh, we're going to play. We're bringing back Squid Games. Yes, the Squid Games. One Joe, do you know one Squid Game last year hit for one point eight million dollars? I did not know. Yes, right here on WEEI, the return of Squid Games next. Plus, we still got more to talk about with the Patriots getting ready for Baltimore. I tell you what, the defense has to do to control that game. Uh, we still got another hour and some change here on WEEI late night. Thanks so much for hanging out. Wind and Fire Day. KJ, thank you so much for hanging out. 
Look, breaking news just coming down within the last 15 minutes from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. Uh, according to ESPN sources, Boston Celtics coach M.A. Odoka is facing possible disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Again, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, within the last 15 minutes, breaking news, ESPN sources, Boston Celtics head coach M.A. Odoka facing possible disciplinary action including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Discussions are ongoing within the Celtics on a final determination. Now, I will not try to uh, profess what I think it could be. Um, I I have a buddy I went to actually graduate from high school with who was a lawyer for the NBA for uh, over a dozen years. I could always call it just, you know, what are the organizational guidelines? But she'll probably just point me to the, you know, the NBA constitution and just kind of going through there. It's just, it's, it's a very broad section. Um, I don't know if it's talking about player misconduct or how that applies to uh, coaching, um, what that violation would be um, misconduct other than players. It's article 35 a, um, it applies to all others, representatives, member or owner, referees. Um, it could be somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty shocking considering MH tends to be a stand-up guy. It could be a misunderstanding. But again, if you're just tuning in, breaking news, M.A. Adoka, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, is facing a possible disciplinary action of a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organization, organizational guidelines. So when I see that, that's something that must be up top that the NBA determines has been violated at the Celtics level. Ownership, you know, the, there's the constitutional level, and kind of like you yeah, think of government, but don't think of politics, but think of government. You know, you've got your Supreme Court and then your your your, your federal Courts below it would be the teens. And I think this is something that, you know, NBA Supreme Court saying there's something going on at the federal level, if you will, that doesn't that doesn't smell right. I mean, how do I do a gambling segment now? <laughs> how do I do that? I will try to. Joe, do you have Squid Games? Yeah! Welcome to the Squid Games. Pretty big. First, the Sunday Shockers. Dolphins upset the Bills. Keep the music up, Joe. Plus 190. Panthers beat the Saints. Plus 125. Titans over the Raiders. And boy, the Raiders are stinking it up. Hello, Denver Josh McDaniels. Plus 115. Patriots over the Ravens. And I'll describe how in 15 minutes. Plus 135. Texans over the Bears. It's Lovey's Revenge, baby. Plus 120. Green Bay over Tampa. I mean, Tom is signing anybody right now to play football with him. Plus 100. And Denver at home over the 49ers. Yes, I know the ep- the episode of Dumb and Dumber that's going on in Denver seems very tempting, but I think they get it together at plus 100. Take those Sunday shockers, put it in a parlay. A $100 bet will pay out $28,911.46. That's like a little bit of a squid. But the Thursday night game, I call it the Thursday night lights out massacre. Number one, that's for those who've seen the squid game. Steelers at Browns. Nick Chubb, first touchdown, plus 400. Who's going to stop him? Browns cover, minus six, plus 105. Because after all, we've seen Trubisky try to score seven. How about the Browns win between... By 7 and 12 points, plus 360. 
David and Joko, anytime touchdown, play action. Hello. Plus 400. Browns win, and its total is under 35 and a half. I mean, 24-10 would be reasonable. Plus 250. On the Thursday night, lights out massacre between the Steelers and Browns. Run that parlay, a $100 bet yields $82,412.50 if you're willing to play the Squid Game. Next, second hour of late night on WEEI, Patriots, Baltimore. It's going to be better than expected. That's next. Thanks so much for hanging out. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.